Well, what's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. Hope you're having an awesome Sunday. I hope that you can feel God's presence. Uh, for those of you watching online, thank you so much for participating with us. You guys are absolutely part of us. And, and so we are continuing in a series here at Grace Church called Dollars and Cents. And it is talking about money and finances and resources. And so one of the things that I've kind of used every single week is the, the fact that we have a relationship with our money. We absolutely do. How, how we feel, how we think, how we talk about money, there's a connection there. And so today I wanna focus on the aspect of how we can be rich towards God. And so let's pause and let's pray uh, and ask that the Lord would speak and communicate. And Father, we come before you and we ask just that. Lord, that you would show us, that you would reveal, that you would, uh, through your scripture, through your Holy Spirit, uh, the things that we need to talk about and address. And, uh, but God, thank you so much for who you are and, and your nature and, and your divine nature, that you're supernatural. And so God, would you just uh, do this amazing work that you do regarding finances uh, and, and us and who we are as human beings. Lord, we love you, love you, love you, Father. Would you speak through me during this time in Jesus' name, amen. So over these last couple of years, we're all fully aware that it's been challenging and difficult. It's been talked about a number of different ways. Uh, the word unprecedented has been communicated so much, uh, so, so used. And so I wanna use that in regards to, or that same type of question regarding your finances. So how has the last couple of years been for you financially? You know, when you look at your business, or if you're a business owner, if you look at your personal finances, how have things been going for you over these last couple of years? Because I know, you know, just some businesses uh, have been flourishing. They've been thriving. They saw certain opportunities that they, could, that they could hit and a niche that they could fill, and they've done great. Others have not, right? They, they've experienced bankruptcy. They've experienced closure and, and, and so, and had to shut things down. And so, but what about your personal finances? I know some people have done well. Some people are just kind of treading water. Uh, some people have had to receive unemployment uh, finances. Others, you know, have received stimulus money from the government. All those things that I just said, we were all aware. We're fully aware of, of what's going on and the money and the resources, the economy the, and the things that are taking place. And, and so when you look at, the world, when you look at our country, one of the facts that has kind of risen to the surface is there are more billionaires and millionaires than ever before in all of history, across the globe and in our nation. Like it's shocking when you hear the net worth of some of these billionaires and, and the companies that they run and own. And, and so when I, when I read stuff like that, you know, I just go, well, I, I wanna be rich. You know, maybe you do too. You go, man, that's awesome. That's so much money. And, and so maybe you think like that. Uh, you know, if, if some of us who are a little bit older, when we go back to our first job, you know, my first job, I made like $5 an hour, you know, and some of you that are younger, you're going, what? How did you even survive? We didn't, like it was terrible, you know, but we, we figured out a way, we made it. But just, you know, obviously inflation and numbers and amounts, you know, they change over the years and decades. Uh, so it just, this is the reality. I, I was a grocery, uh, a grocery bag boy. When I was 15, I was allowed to work on the weekends only because of my age and Florida state laws. And, and then my, my second job, I, I mowed lawns with a guy. So I kind of helped him, you know, doing some stuff like that. And I remember as I continued to, you know, be a young man and teenager and, and, and just kind of do different jobs and be, work hourly and salary. I used this phrase that I guarantee all of us have used. I just wish that I could make this much. 
You, you, do you remember what it is when, when you had your first job or second job or third job and you, maybe it was early on when you got married, you're going, man, if we could just make $30,000 together, like we would be so rich, like it would be amazing. And, and you would think like that. And, and so for some of you, it's less, for some of you, it's more, but whatever that blank is, you know, it depends on our story. You know, it depends on who we are, where we were at, but all of us, we all kind of filled in that blank and we've had thoughts like that. And it's interesting when you take that concept and that understanding and you look at it in regarding scripture, right? So someone actually asked Jesus how he could make more money. Hey, Jesus, I wish that I could have. And he poses it to the Lord. And this is where we find Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And so then after that, Jesus began to go into a story of a farmer. You know, and I realize that the majority, probably all of us, uh, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, we probably aren't farmers. Some of you might be, but so, but we can understand the context in which these scriptures were written. So what was happening is this farmer, he had a few good years, right? He had some good crops. And so maybe you're a business owner and you're like, hey, things are doing well. We're doing all right. Maybe in your personal finances, like, hey, we're clicking. And so he had some good years. And so what he said is like, hey, I want to build bigger barns. I want to build bigger silos. I want to be able to store everything, all the stuff that, that the land is producing. So that way I can have more for myself and just kind of kick back and relax. And that's where we find ourselves later in that chapter in Luke 12, where it continues in verse 20, it says, but God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything that you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. And so when you look at those verses, there's a couple of different things going on. The first thing I wanna point out is God was not upset that this man was rich. He, he was not upset at all. And so some of you, you are wealthy, you are affluent, and, and like God is not upset at that at all. And so when you understand the context of a farmer, what does a farmer need to have a good crop? He, he has to have fertile soil. He's gotta have water. He's gotta have sunlight, right? And, and, and so when you think about those three things, God creates all that. God is the one that makes all that. So it's just the reality of who God is and how he provides for us in our life. But the other piece in those verses is that the man wasn't rich towards the Lord. In fact, in his union and connection and worship towards God, it was lacking significantly. So if you take that scripture and we put it in our context, I would dare say that we've got it pretty good. I mean, come on, let, let's be honest. Like we, we have Wi-Fi, we have cell phones, we eat out, uh, you know, we go online shopping. I call those rich people problems. And so in fact, I want, I want you to say, I'm rich. Ready, say it with me, I'm rich. Now, <laughs> that was probably about half of you. Right, some of you are like, I don't wanna say that. Am I allowed to say that? Like, I, I don't. And so what happens is sometimes we say, well, I'm rich. And well, th does that make you feel uncomfortable? And so for some of us, it absolutely does. There's no doubt about that. So my question is, why? Why is it difficult for us to make that type of proclamation that we are that? And Solomon, in all of his wisdom, he, he shared this in Ecclesiastes 5.19. He said, and it's a good thing to receive 
wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it, to enjoy your work, to accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. And so there's so many times that you and I will ask for God's blessing in plenty of areas in our life. Like if I asked you, does it make you feel uncomfortable for God to bless your kids and your grandkids? No, absolutely not. Like we're constantly praying, God, would you please, you know, do something amazing in them and bless them. And God, would you please bless my marriage? God, would you bless my business, you know, and my work? And so why is it though, that when we make these proclamations like, hey, God, you've blessed me and you've made me rich. Why then do we feel a little bit different? It makes us feel awkward to say that we're wealthy. And I mean, Solomon's saying being rich is a good thing. And I believe that all those resources do come from the Lord. But then what happens is as a result of that, it creates some tension in our life. It creates some issues that we've got to figure out and find some answers to. And so one of those issues, no doubt, is the fact that when we are more affluent, we become self-reliant. Uh, we have wealth and, and money that can buy certain things that we think or what we want or we desire. And so we just, we stop trusting the one who gave us those resources and we put our trust in the resource itself. So to me, being rich isn't the problem. It's really not. It's our heart. And it's the reason why we feel the way that we do. It's the reason behind the, the things that we decide and why we decide those things. So to me, the, the issue and problem is really more of our mindset. So when, 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 I, when you realize we were talking about money and we're in a series on money, like you thought certain things, you, you're thinking about your money right now. What are you thinking? What are you experiencing? Sometimes our mindset is from our upbringing, some things that we've adopted from our parents, some things that we've learned, maybe we've read some books or watched some TED Talks or you know, talked to a financial manager. So we have a mindset, but then I wanna address some of the, the things regarding our emotions as well. Because every single week I've been talking about our relationship with money. Because every single one of us, we have to admit that there are times if we get you know, a, a good paycheck or, or, or compensation or a commission check that's like, wow, this one's great. It makes us feel good, doesn't it? We feel happy. Or if things aren't going so well, we have a down week, a down month, a down quarter. We're going, whoa, like, you know, we're coming into the end of Q1. Like, how's business going? And you're like, oh, right now I just said that. And your heart just sunk, right? So it makes us feel sad and we feel disappointed. If we have a lot, sometimes we get a little prideful or we get greedy and we want more. And so the core issue to all that, I think all that happens because we think that we own our stuff. We think that we're the ones that actually maintain those possessions. There was a, a time in scripture when uh, a rich young man came to Jesus and he's like, hey Jesus, how, how do I get eternal life? I wanna have eternal life. And so Jesus replied, he's like, hey, follow the commands, follow what God says, pursue after him. And, and, and so we find ourselves in Luke chapter 18 in verse 21. And the young man replied, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. When Jesus heard this answer, he said, there's still one thing that you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad 
for he was very rich. And so usually in scripture, there's a few different things going on. And so we can notice like, hey, this guy's doing it right. He's doing a pretty good job. He's following after the Lord. But then when all of a sudden Jesus recognizes something, probably a little bit of pride, right? A rich young man getting prideful. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now Jesus wants to speak to this young man's heart and who he is. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is doing today for you and I. Because Jesus noticed that there was a heart issue. And so Jesus asked for the one thing that that man put, the trust, put his trust in the most. That's what Jesus went after. And so in this sermon, I have one single point. And it's the fact that we need to think like a manager. That's it, this this whole point is is the whole premise. So if you were to grab anything, it's that we need to think like a manager. And the reason I say this is because in Psalm 24, verse one, it says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. So my question is, if we think like a manager and we go, all right, God, you're amazing. You own all the stuff then we truly are managing the things that he gives to us. So that screen that's on the wall in your house, that's God's. That that, that thing that sits in your driveway with four tires, that's God's too. That fiberglass that floats on water, that's God's. You belong to God. Do you actually believe that? Do you, do you, when you read scripture and it says all those things, do, do you acknowledge that as truth? Um, because let's be honest, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we absolutely do not. In fact, we look at the resources and we, and we take possession of them and we think that they're ours and we make decisions like that. So him giving us resources, I actually believe is a test. So everything's his, it's all his. You can't take anything with you when you go. I believe this is a test where he goes, hey, I'm gonna give them some stuff and let's just see how they handle it. And so that's what's coming in front of us right now. Where's our heart? Where's our mind? Where's our our spiritual life regarding the things that we have? So how are we gonna use it? How are we gonna spend it? How are we gonna make decisions? Do we ever really ask the Lord how he wants us to use his stuff? Like, do we ask him? God, just tell me, show me, I wanna do what you have. And so in scripture, the biblical word for this is stewardship. So stewardship, a synonym is basically a manager. So right, we get to steward over the things that God gives to us, we manage them well, and there is a significant difference between a manager and an owner. Right, some of you are managers, that's your job, that's your employment, and so you manage company, you manage people, you manage resources, and some of you are owners. You own your company, and, and, and so you understand what that is. And so, but there is an extreme disparity between those two things. Because when something goes wrong in the company, something breaks, something doesn't work, there needs to be a remodel, who pays for that? The owner does. All right, the, the, the owner doesn't ask the employees to, to contribute to the bit. No, 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 it does, those, those are paid employees. The owner is the one that pays everything out, right? And so when something happens, it's, it comes from the owner's pocket. 
So if your company has some type of capital improvements that you need to make, or you need to advance some of the machinery that you're using to be more efficient, more effective, if there's some tech, some software, some you know, stuff that you have to bring in to stay up and current, to be more efficient, that comes out of the bottom line of the business, not from the manager. And so it comes down to a question of ownership. Why do we think that we own our stuff? And so to me, that reveals our heart. It's a heart issue. It's something that we've gotta address because if we're totally honest and we dig down deep, that's why if we think our stuff is our stuff, sometimes we feel entitled to certain things. Sometimes we feel like we deserve to buy stuff for ourselves. We get greedy and then we also lack trust in possibly the one who provides those things for us. Now, there is one thing that reveals our heart and our motivation regarding our possessions. There's one thing that reveals if we are a manager or if we, have, we feel like we own all of our things, and that's tithing. No doubt, no question, tithing is absolutely that one thing that shows and is an example if we see ourselves as a steward or if we've taken possession over God's things and taken them from him. So that, that's just the reality, because tithing, it means a tenth. So it's the first tenth of the things that God gives to us. So to me, a key word in the understanding of tithing is returning. So if everything's God's and we actually believe that and he puts resources in our hands and we don't actually leave with anything, then in fact, it's actually on loan. So when he gives it to us, we return the tithe back to him because it's not really ours. It's not ours to begin with. You know, I've, I've been a pastor for oh, 23 years or so. I did youth ministry. I was an assistant pastor and lead pastor for the last 12. And so I've done a lot of messages on money. Uh, I love it. I, I've talked to people about money and tithing and resources, done some training and classes. And one of the things that I hear periodically is that people will tell me, oh, well, tithing, that's Old Testament. You know, tithing, you know, you're gonna use that Malachi verse on me. Like that's Old Testament. And like, I, like I'm, I'm under grace. Like I'm under the new covenant. Like you, you can't bring that on me. And so like, I, I don't mind you thinking that, but will you allow me to kind of preach to that and, and for just a moment? Cause you know, that whole murder thing, that's Old Testament. You know, don't murder. You know, that whole like adultery thing, like that, that's Old Testament. You know, lying, don't, don't lie, Old Testament. And so what I actually wanna share with you is the fact that Jesus in the New Testament taught on tithing. It's just so often we just kind of gloss over it, we don't recognize it. It was an expectation communicated through scripture in the fulfillment of the law. And so I wanna talk about it because Jesus says how it reveals our relationship with the Lord and it's an act of worship. So in Matthew 23, 23, Jesus says very plainly, you should tithe. And so that's New Testament, that's, that's gospel, right? That's Jesus saying it. And so when you read that and you understand it, it comes down to our heart and it comes down to discipleship. It's a spiritual discipline that the Lord shows us and reveals to us. There was another time in Mark 12, verse 17, Jesus said this, he said, hey, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. So there's two pieces. 
So what, what belongs to Caesar? What he's talking about is, hey, during that time, the Romans were in rule, everybody had to pay taxes to Caesar, you know? And, and so to the Roman empire, yep, you have to pay your taxes. And so that belonged to them. And then he says, give to God what belongs to God. So I pose the question to you, what belongs to God? It's the first and the best 10% of everything that we earn, that we get our possessions. And so I have a, a little visual aid that I wanna share with you. Um, yeah, baby, what's up? Like Pastor Aaron, fat cash. So uh, I have three different dollar increments up here. I have, I have 10, $1 bills, right? I got these ones up here. I also have some 20s, right? So I've got 10 20s and then I've got 10 hundreds, right? I got a grand. I got some Benjamins, baby, what's up? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so when you understand these and money and finances and resources and us having them, the tithe is the first 10% and it's the best. So that means quite simply, we take one out of this stack, one out of that stack and one out of that stack. And we go, yep, here you go, God. This, this isn't mine to begin with. I, I, did, I didn't like, you gave it to me. I maybe worked or earned a wage or, or came up with a great business concept, but truly God, I, I couldn't have done it without you. And I know that and I recognize it. So here you go. This part's yours, it wasn't mine. You know, and, and it's so interesting, you know, when you understand the concept of money and, and what it looks like. And, and so when you, when you realize tithing and the supernatural divine nature that's involved in it, in our obedience, where God is saying, hey, this is my resources, I'm entrusting it to you. How are you gonna manage it? So my question is, do you love to tithe? Do you love to take one off of each stack and give it back to the Lord and return it to him? Do you love to give more than the tithe? You know, if you're a tither, are you going, yes, I love to be generous. I love to give. That's, you know, it's so much fun. Are you just a generous person? When you see somebody in need and God moves on your heart, do you love that? Does that bring joy to your soul to be able to do that? And so there are absolutely emotions that we exude regarding money, that, right? There are things that we feel and that we experience. And so money is all about our heart. And the thing that's so interesting to me you know, when you, when you take money, it literally, like it's, it's paper. It's just paper, but we get so attached to it and we get so possessive of it and we protect it so much like it's, it's just money. It's just dollars. It, it's numbers in an account and the numbers are constantly moving and growing. Like, it, like that's how simple it is. And so if we're unwilling to believe that it truly is a discipleship issue, I would have to say that there's something deeper going on. Uh, if, if you're kind of going, nope, that's not for me, that, that's not what it's about. And so I'm saying that there's something deeper, more significant that you're experiencing in your spiritual life and I'm gonna lean into it. If I'm gonna preach on tithing, like, I, and I'm, I'm asking you to lean in a little bit and so I'm gonna lean in as well. Because I believe for some people withholding, right? Taking that, the, the one out of each stack and withholding it from the Lord. I believe we partly do that 
because we're concerned about our lifestyle. We're concerned about what we have, being able to afford it. We're concerned about what we want to have and being able to get it. And then there's also some concern if we feel like we're lacking in resources, there's a fear. There's a fear of not having enough. Now, I absolutely want to be extremely sensitive in this moment and be upfront and just say, I totally realize that some of you are under financial strain right now. You, you know, you, you hear me talking about money and tithing and you're going, bro, like I, we struggle with groceries, man. Come on, like that. I fully realize that. So I do not want to haphazardly say, hey, just give it all to God and, and don't worry about feeding your children, right? I, I, no, oh my gosh, right? It's hard, it's heavy, it's a big deal. But I don't wanna say, or, or I do wanna say, hey, give it to God and manage the 90% well and watch what God might do as a result of that walking out obedience and what he commands. Now, it's hard, it's so difficult. I think this is one of the more challenging things in scripture, uh, to be honest with you, and it requires an extreme amount of faith. So what we're willing to do as a church is we're, we're willing to take a step with you. If you're willing to take a step, we'll take a step. So if you're new to Grace Church, we have this thing that we simply call the 90-day tithe challenge. And so I posed before you the opportunity to step into tithing and what might happen. And so we'll meet you in the middle. And so after 90 days, if you come to us and you go, nope, did it work, tried it, rolled it out, did the 10%, managed well, didn't work, we will give you everything that you have given over those 90 days. No questions asked, no condemnation, we'll write a check, no big deal, you got it, guaranteed. So, but part of that, is your first step. And I actually believe when God gives us these resources for us to manage, and it's a test, and he's going, what are they gonna do first? So it's our step towards him in worship and, and, and acknowledging him. And so the God of the universe, he doesn't need your money. I mean, he, he created everything and it's all his. But I believe that he's inviting us into something supernatural, something divine, something where he says, hey, if you do this, I'll do this incredible thing where I will, I will bless you. I will do incredible, I, I'll give you and I'll provide for you, I'll meet your needs. And, and so it just is, is incredible when he does that. And so tithing is actually for our benefit. Do you see that as such? I certainly do where I'm going, hey, if it's not mine, oh, you want me to do this? No problem, I'll do it. But then he does it for my heart because he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the cash. He wants our heart. He wants you so badly. And we get so possessive and so concerned. I mean, in, in, in the New Testament, when Jesus was there and he was gonna feed the 5,000 people, he didn't need the little boy with the five loaves and two fish. He didn't need that. He could have done it without it. But there was a boy that took a step forward and said, hey, this is what I've got. 
And then, then a response happens. And when, when you read in the New Testament, when Jesus is watching uh, people put their tithes and offerings in the box, right? And we do not recommend this. Don't stand at the back and watch people drop stuff in there. Like, that ain't cool. Jesus is different. So he's watching all the people drop the, the envelopes in. And, and the widow drops in, you know, it says the mite, or those are basically copper coins. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a, a very, very little value. He didn't need that. Like God does not need some copper coins from a widow. But Jesus says, oh my gosh, do you see the great faith and the obedience in what's taking place? So he doesn't need our tithe, but he wants it. He wants us to be obedient and give it to him because he wants our heart. He cares so much about us. He provides, he meets our needs and he promises he'll do that. And I also believe with the heart of this house and this church is he deserves our worship. He absolutely does. He gives us so much. We are rich. And he's just saying, hey, just give me a portion back. And so I want you to start tithing. As your pastor, I'm, I'm laying out this challenge before you. I want you to step in and, and start tithing and to, to honor the Lord and who he is. And we'll do the 90 day thing and we'll see how and what just might happen and how God shows up. And so what I wanna do is I wanna pray for y'all with this, because I realize like it, this is hard, it's difficult. So I wanna pray for provision for some of you that are struggling and it's difficult, like that divine things would take place. And for, for, for some of you that are able to, able to do this and just kind of roll it out, like almost without a problem, I believe that also supernatural and divine things will take place and that's amazing. And so we step into the divine and supernatural when we walk in the obedience of the Lord but I need you guys to go ahead and stand up. I believe this is a, a time when we worship the Lord, when we acknowledge His presence. And I, to me, this is a, a receptivity type prayer where as in our giving, that there's the, where God blesses us. And so I wanna pray for your businesses and your personal finances. So receive this from the Lord. And so God, we come before you and who you are. Uh, Lord, we truly recognize that you are King you are king of the universe, you're king above all, and you own everything, it's all yours. We worship you, we glorify you. And Father, thank you so much for the truth of your word and, and what it means to us. And so God, right now, we're, we're getting pulled in on the inside. We feel the tension, we feel the struggle. Lord, there's decisions that have to be made, conversations that have to take place. And so God, we take that and we, and we give it all to you. We acknowledge who you are. And so Father, right now, I wanna pray that you would bring blessing and provision on the ones that are hurting, the ones that are struggling, the ones that need support, that need encouragement, that need additional resources to make ends meet. God, I pray right now that you would do something amazing. Lord, I even pray for that divine type supernatural prayer where, where you would cause laundry detergent to last longer. Uh, Lord, that you would cause oil in vehicles to last longer. Lord, that you would cause cause milk to just replenish itself in the carton in the refrigerator. Lord, you, you're, you can create something out of nothing. And so I ask for that type of supernatural need-based provision that you would meet us where we're at regarding our situation. And Lord, we just fully just acknowledge how much we need you. And God, I also wanna pray uh, for those of us that need to step into this tithing, Lord, even more, we, we've been withholding, we've been withdrawn, we've been struggling, we've been battling fear and a number of other different things. And so, Father, I pray that you would show yourself powerful. Lord, we, we hold you to this. In stepping out in this, God, I pray just 
this supernatural blessing. God, in your, in your scripture, it talks about like baskets that are literally running over, just an overflow and abundance. God, not that so that we could have more for ourselves, but so that as you show yourself faithful, you show yourself strong so that we could continue to be a blessing, continue to worship you and put resources where you design and where you lead us through your authority and your Holy Spirit. And so God, we open ourselves up to the divine in this moment, your provision in who you are. Lord, I love you. We love you and we proclaim your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.